You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How it goes? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. We always love visiting with the voice of the LSU Tigers, Chris Blair, on Thursday mornings around 8 o'clock. Mr. Blair, how you doing this morning, bud? Doing good. Doing good. Coming off a big win for LSU last night in the midweek. They took care of business relatively easy. And, uh, you know, the first uh, mercy rule, 10-run rule since uh, last year's SEC tournament. So 13-3 win over McNeese State. Kind of keep that momentum going, headed into a very important SEC weekend. Chris, I got to ask you. I know this was probably agreed upon before the game. Did you know uh, that there was a mercy rule as the game was kind of playing out? No. In fact, we were trying after the game to, to determine whether or not that had been agreed upon before. Of course, Justin Hill, uh, the head coach of McNeese State, uh, an LSU uh, graduate and LSU former LSU pitcher, so uh, you know it seems the reason that had they not agreed to that before the game, uh, they probably. Coach Maneri and Coach Hill would have been able to discuss that uh, with the umpiring crew at some point as the game went along. So not sure whether or not it was in place beforehand. Um, and, you know, it's hard to imagine, considering that McNeese State, believe it or not, had won the last two meetings, um, that they would come into a game offering the mercy rule. But uh, we may find out today uh, when Coach Maneri meets with the media. I'm sure somebody's going to ask him. And some would say it was just coach talk, but I heard several different quotes from Maneri going into this game. Yes, it was a midweek game, but it was an important game for them to kind of keep the momentum rolling on what they accomplished from the weekend and then also what McNeese had done early through them this year. And they certainly played like it last night where the Tigers were playing with a purpose. No question. I mean, you know, you need wins. Uh, obviously, your RPI is not going to move much with a midweek victory over McNeese State at home, but you just need wins, number one, to, to put in that resume but as you said i think the more important part part of it was you know we got to we got to build this momentum you know he had a tough game on friday night two really good teams i thought battling out tigers come up just a little bit short five to four and then they bounce back and have two very tight games uh, on saturday and sunday and they beat the number four team so now you've got a three game win streak including last night um and you got to find wins i mean i don't know that Sweeping Alabama is a must. Winning the series, though, is a must. Uh, but you have a chance to maybe pick up three more conference wins in an SEC West division where, you know, LSU's two games out of first, uh, several teams one game out of first. A lot of things can look different uh, when we look up Monday morning. So many great things came out of the weekend winning a series like that. What were your biggest takeaways or your biggest positives from it? I think A.J. Labus. Um, the starter on Sunday, the freshman right-hander out of Fleming Island, Florida. Um, you know, one of the highly touted pitchers added to this team uh, for 2018. And, you know, he's had some good moments this year. He's kind of been up and down. And, of course, it, it's you have to remind yourself sometimes, I mean, he had back surgery in December. So um, is he ahead of schedule? I think so, considering what he went through before the season even began. Um, but you're at a point in the year for LSU where you just need – everything you can get uh, based on all the injuries they've had uh, during the season and the people they've been without for Josh Smith's case basically the whole year. Uh, Brant Broussard for 13 games, Zach Watson for a handful of games. So uh, if you can just get everybody not only healthy, 
but contributing in a big way. I think the takeaway was you go into a second straight week against a top five team with a chance to win the series against Ole Miss. It was uh, on the road in Oxford against Arkansas. It was at home, but you still got to win that game three. And I thought Labus was uh, really impressive. And, you know, Doug Thompson said something throughout the broadcast Sunday that, that stuck with me. And he said, you know, the way AJ's pitching right now, uh, the style, the command, the control is very reminiscent of the success Eric Walker had last year. Again, Labus coming in expected to throw in the low to mid 90s. Um, coming out of high school, but after the back surgery, his velocity kind of dropped down a little bit. Uh, but we saw pretty consistently early on in the game, 90, 91, and even 92 at times with this fastball. With the placement uh, in and around the corners uh, was impressive, which allowed him to set up his changeup pitch that had a lot of the Arkansas hitters full. They were looking for fastball, and they were just way out in front of some of his offerings. Unfortunately, the Tigers had a big inning in the bottom of the fifth, and I think A.J. tightened up a little bit. But, uh, you know, again, to me, that's the big takeaway. Because you're going to need not only this weekend, but you're going to need in the SEC tournament and, and certainly in the NCAA tournament, uh, whether you're at home or on the road, you're going to have to find a way to have three solid guys giving you starts. Well, I want to ask you about another freshman. Storr has got some action last night through a couple of scoreless innings. What did you make of his performance last night, and do you foresee him as a big-time postseason player for LSU coming out of the pen? Well, he's the other one. I think that's the story from last night. Good two innings, as you said, which is, you know, uh, doubled up what he had pitched this far, and that was one inning against Tulane. I think he's somewhere in the uh, 33, 35, 37 pitches, uh, if memory serves, last night in the two innings of work. Uh, picked up a very important strikeout. Um, but he had only thrown 17 pitches as a Tiger all season coming into last night. Uh, and he looked pretty comfortable. I mean, he's a, he's a very uh, intimidating-looking guy on the mound. And, again, he was consistently at 92, 91 with this fastball most of the night. So, um, again, you've got to have three without question in the postseason. Boy, if you've got a rising fourth that can become a factor, I mean, it, it just goes again to show how – Coach Palmineri has a knack for, for getting everybody ready to go when, when the calendar flips to May and, and hopefully on into June. Austin Bain continues to rip the cover off the ball. I think his uh, hit streak is up to 16 games. What has he meant to this lineup? Oh, he's, I mean, he's been everything. Um, you know, Coach and I were talking Monday filming the television show. That I, I told Coach, I said, if, if this guy is not a first-team All-SEC uh, this season, then, then I put no validity into whoever votes on it, to be honest with you, uh, simply because from an MVP standpoint, he, he has been the MVP. I mean, he's done everything but catch and play in the outfield at this point. Uh, and then offensively, what he's done has been so impressive, leading the SEC in doubles. And, you know, coming into the year when, when you saw Austin get put in there uh, for his offense and defense as opposed to just pitching is what he was brought in to do when he was recruited. Uh, there were a lot of people who said, hey, you know, it's non-conference and he's out there having fun. He's got an unorthodox swing. He's got a real fast, powerful swing. But when he gets up against SEC pitchers, that's, you know, that'll all go away. Well, that's indeed not what happened. And, and leading the SEC with 19 doubles on the year. And the one thing that, that blows me away, and I think you guys will be interested by this stat, going into last night, uh, Austin Bain, a right-handed hitter who literally lifts his front foot and puts it in a bucket down the third base line, 42%, now 43% of his hits on the year are opposite field. 
right field and right center field, uh, which, again, is unique for a right-handed hitter to begin with. Uh, but then when you look at his swing and the mechanics, you just he just looks like a pool hitter, and yet he goes opposite field. I get so used to it now, it's almost – I expect it every time he comes to the plate. Alabama this weekend, what are you expecting from the Tide? Well, I mean, they're going to come in with one mission, and that is, hey, you know what, we've got the worst record in the SEC. Uh, we're certainly going to be odd man out when it comes to postseason play. It's a third coach in three years. Um, you know, they've been saying it's rebuilding in Tuscaloosa, and unfortunately because of those changes, the rebuilding continues. Uh, but they're going to drive into Baton Rouge because it's LSU and it's Alabama, and regardless of sport, there's a built-in rivalry there. And I think they say, hey, look, we can, we can really spoil somebody's stretch. LSU's gotten hot here of late. Um, and we can really shake things up if we pick up two wins and win the series. Nobody expects us to. Everybody expects us to possibly get swept or certainly lose the series. So let's go over there and have fun, and we can you know, at least put a feather in our cap at the end of the year um, that we wrecked LSU's chances for, again, possibly, believe it or not, an SEC West crown, um, worst seeding in the SEC tournament, and then who knows if the NCAA comes about. So it's a must-win situation for LSU, whereas Alabama really has no pressure at all. And you know, That's a dangerous combination, and I believe wholeheartedly. As much as he was putting an emphasis on the State game last night um, to motivate his guys, he's going to have to do the same thing this weekend. Uh, it's not a must-sweep, but it certainly is a must-win if they want to keep some of their goals still intact. Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Tigers, joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline for his weekly visit. Chris, it raised a, a few eyebrows as uh, Joe Burrow, according to uh, several reports, Ohio State transfer will make a, an appearance or a visit to LSU this weekend. Is this just one of those cases where Ed Orgeron and the staff are exploring all options, even though they have three very good quarterbacks on the roster currently? Yeah, I don't think it fools anybody uh, coming out of spring practice that that, you know, that all three quarterbacks currently at LSU were, were about even. That was kind of the story that came out of spring football. Uh, but I don't think anybody was fooled into thinking they were about even because they're all spectacular. Um, and, again, fall camp will, will separate the men from the boys, as it always does. Uh, when you got to consider, again, they had an overhaul of the offense. Coach Emslinger now uh, coming in and working with guys who were certainly on that team a year ago. So there's a little bit of a handicap there that fall camp, I think, will take care of. But, again, I think Coach Joe and, and his staff realized, you know, that's kind of a missing piece. Uh, they lost a lot of weapons off the offense last year. Uh, again, you're going into a new offensive scheme, and you need a guy who can run it for you. So if Burroughs is available, uh, interested in coming to LSU, he's got two years, he can play immediately because he'll be a graduate transfer. And, you know, when you read some of the stories coming out of uh, the Ohio State beat, uh, you'll notice that you know a lot of people have high praise for Burroughs. And he suffered a hand injury uh, early uh, in his time at Ohio State, and, and it kind of set him back a little bit. But most people said, hey, he was right there in the race um, you know, after the, the college quarterback left. So it's, it's maybe one of those particular instances where this transfer – uh, based on what has happened in his career in, uh, at Ohio State, maybe maybe lined up right. I know some people immediately, you know, kind of don't like the idea of transfers being the answer. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. I know he's expected to make a visit here to Baton Rouge this weekend. We'll see how that goes. Uh, reports say it's 
LSU and, and Cincinnati uh, are the two teams that will get an opportunity for his services. So we'll have to wait and see. I don't, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. But wrap all that up and put it on a shelf because at the end of the day, I think all of this is going to be decided when, when fall camp begins at the beginning of August. And finally, Chris, we like to drag you down the gutter as much as possible. Top 10 Thursday, our subject today was most despised or hated sports figures in the business right now. It could be on the field or perhaps a sports personality. Is there a guy that you don't see on TV or you hear from and you're like, oh, I've heard enough of him? Oh, boy. You know, that's hard to say. Um, and it's not because I don't get irritated with sports stars or sports figures, but I just don't get bottled up in all the noise. Uh, I'm, I'm one of those guys that typically says if he's a professional athlete, really his job is to go out and perform on the court or the field. Um, I don't get caught up in what they do. You know, I'm not a big guy that, that that's in favor of guys who taunt on the field because when you play sports, one thing that we all know, you're going to have some great moments, and some of the best always have more great moments than bad. But eventually you're going to have something that doesn't go your way. And I've just never liked anybody who constantly likes to taunt when things go their way because they're pretty quiet when, when they drop a ball or throw up an air ball uh, or whiff on a, on a strike three. So I don't know if there's anybody that stands out because I just avoid getting caught up in all the extracurricular stuff because at the end of the day, all I'm really asking of those people are to entertain me when they play the sport. So Draymond Green, he didn't—he doesn't get rub you the wrong way like he did a lot of Pels fans during this series. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess Draymond. But you know, the, the couple of years ago when he had the, the where he just couldn't control his leg from kicking people um, <laughs> yeah. was was a bit odd, to be honest with you. Um, but again, I, I would put Draymond in there with a lot of other guys that you know. There's times where he's not on top of his game, and um, people are who they are. I don't think. I don't think he's he's a guy that fans like, and I obviously understand why Pelican fans were were not happy with his his antics out there. But um, I don't know, just not something I get caught up in. Um, I, 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 who did you guys go with, Draymond? I guess uh, I do not. I have an honorable mention. We haven't given our, our top one or two, but of oh. course I got Screaming A and uh, Skip Bayless right at the top of that list. Talk about beating your own oh. chest. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but those guys do nothing on the floor, so that's why yes. I don't pay attention to them. Well, uh, Chris, we look forward to hearing your call this weekend for uh, Alabama. As always, we appreciate the time, but Yes, guys, indeed. Yeah, big, important series, and uh, looking forward to another uh, magical end of the season. Hopefully it's going to come to fruition for one too. Thank you, bud. Have a great weekend. All right, guys. Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Tigers. Try to bring him down the gutter. He wanted no part of it. Aaron, leave the negativity to the two degenerates. This is the, the, the topic I think you wanted, or the listeners wanted. So. The listeners did want this. Yes. We were professionals at being negative. It's <laughs> the so one thing we have over You've been talking player. to my wife? <laughs> <laughs> uh, continue to weigh in at 888-993-7762. It's the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline. We're back after this. All right, uh, Mr. Negative over here, do you want to finish this uh, topic? We've only got, uh, what are you, down to nine? I had uh, Lance Armstrong, Dan Snyder as uh, the most despised or hated sports figures on my list. I had LeBron 10, 9 Cam Newton, 8 Dan Snyder. So go ahead and give your 8. We were talking during commercial break, though, just how you can, your language and how you can twist certain things. And my wife gets on to me all the time about, 
you know, so we'll go to a movie. She says, oh, that was pretty good. And I'll turn back around and say, it wasn't bad. <laughs> yeah. And where it, and when it hurts the most is you got to eat, or perhaps it's her cooking. She says, oh, that was pretty good. And I'll say, well, that wasn't bad. <laughs> that gets you in major trouble, and rightfully so. I'm more do that about myself. Uh, like I was telling you, I sent my – I say, that was a pretty good story, and you'll say, well, it wasn't bad. Yes, I sent my – Front to my to my wife, I I designed the front of the paper. I sent it to my wife. Said, "What do you think of this?" And I was hoping for some critiques. And she said, "Oh, it looks good." And my immediate thought was, "Well, what do you know?" <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, that's not her field of expertise. So. Yeah. yeah, but she's a, a reader, and I get it. But, but I'm, I'm like looking for, hey, no, you need to fix this. This this doesn't look good. Mm. And so when she's like, "Oh, it looks good," I'm like, "Ah." So that's kind of where you got to pause and then think about it mm-hmm. before you say. Uh, not bad. I think we're all negative by nature. You think? Yeah. Hmm. All right. What do you got at number eight, Mr. Negativity? I told you, Dan Snyder, who you got at Oh, uh, Terrell Owens. Oh, we go back a little bit. I mean, now he's not in the headlines on a weekly, monthly, or yearly basis. He, but he did an MTV show. Back in the day, though, I mean, the antics that he had and the whole me and the uh, flamboyant the star. he was. <laughs> oh, yes, the star. Yes. Yes. The popcorn, yes. the spit, spit. Who did he spit in the face of? You remember that way back when? Yeah, hey, the Donovan McNabb stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can go on and on about mm. Tito. Mm. Uh, my number seven. I'll jump ahead of you because you were talking about Cam Newton, of course, his antics, his body language, and how you read so sure, much into sure. it. And uh, maybe you got Jay Cutler on your list. I don't. Again, I I think. Maybe he's not high profile enough. I don't think he's – that's exactly yeah. it. I, I don't think he's – sure. I mean, NFL quarterback, you can make the case that he is. But he, he I never thought he was in the top half quarterbacks in the league. Yes. Therefore, I never really paid much attention to him and how – But every time they were losing and then they give you the cutaway of him on the sidelines and yeah. that smug look a, on his face. It was face. a story, but I'm saying, like, it never really impacted my life. Like, yeah. I never really – paid that much attention. Now, if he was your quarterback. Sure. If he was in New Orleans, well, yeah, that's a different story. Aaron Brooks. Oh, man. <laughs> Poor Aaron Brooks. <laughs> that was uh, that was rough. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Who do you got at seven? Seven have John Calipari. Uh, yes. uh, from the one and dones to the NCAA violations he left at UMass. Squeaky clean, though. <laughs> Squeaky clean. He's um, just there for the kids. Yes, of course. He wants them to have a pers- an opportunity to pursue their NBA Right, team. and they pro- at Kentucky, if you can play at Kentucky, even though you're going to leave as a freshman, you can still come back and have three years of college for free. Yeah. That's the promise. That's the Kentucky promise. Yeah, so he hasn't made a lot of friends in the basketball circles. I think a lot of people like to hate him. I could agree with that, being in the top ten. At number six, and his uh, image has been a really uh, – it's, it's a little different now than we thought, and it's really a remarkable story. Uh, Alex Rodriguez. I still have him as number six. He's I, really helped himself yes. recently with the, the, the broadcast gig. Who would have ever thought he'd be such a good broadcaster and the J-Lo connection? Yes. But he's still him. a fraud. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I, I can't disagree. And I grew up – he was my favorite player growing up. Why? I, I just loved him. I loved him with the Mariners, and then I loved him when he went to, when he went to the Rangers. I was like a Braves fan, but I became an instant Rangers fan too. And I actually went and saw him uh, play twice. Uh, I was I got behind home plate seats 
And I was just, I was, I don't know, 10 years old. I was screaming, A-Rod, A-Rod. He looked at me, and I had, I had no plan. He looked at me, and I just said, hey. <laughs> like, I had nothing, <laughs> nothing planned. But uh, I'll, I'll always remember that because I had that embarrassing moment, and the person behind us uh, had a chili dog, and it fell out of their hands and into my mom. And so she wore chili the rest oh, of the nice. day. So great, great. Those trip. lasting memories. Yes, yes. Your one opportunity to win over at Alex Rodriguez. And I had nothing planned. I was like, I don't think he'll ever look at me. I didn't plan ahead. <laughs> All right, I got uh, a fraud at number six. Who do you have? I, okay, this is an interesting one. I want to get your, get your thoughts on this. Mark Emmert. Mm-hmm. Yes. Reason why, I know, and probably a lot of people don't even know who that is, but the reason why is because I think a lot of people view the NCAA as an evil empire, and he is the face of that evil empire. And I think it'll continue to people will continue to hate the NCAA because talks will only increase about athletes not getting paid and there's always that ridiculous story I mean you can go back to the YouTube page that uh, kicker was it a kicker or punter from UCL somewhere like that he had he was making money off of YouTube and they forced him to get rid of YouTube you just have mm. those ridiculous stories where we all just shake our heads at the NCAA and for that Thought, Why does he get the blame for that? Just because he's he, the figurehead? He's the figurehead. When you think NCAA, he's the first person that comes to mind. So for that reason, I had to have somebody with the NCAA on here, and for that I, I put him. So he takes the blame. He takes the blame. Yeah. Uh, at number five, I got the huge melon that belongs to Barry Bonds. Yeah. And I, speaking of frauds. Speaking of frauds, but Barry Bonds was Another smooth. guy, though, his image has actually improved, too, as he's Because aged. he never said anything. Yeah. He was smooth. I mean, he would hit a home run and no comment. <laughs> I'm not going to talk, you know. Uh, Bonds, though, I got him at number five. And then, of course, uh, the way he dealt with the media. And, of course, uh, when you want to talk about an arrogant, pompous athlete, I think that's one of the guys you put right at the top of the list. Yeah. Yeah. I can think of some, some, some more that I would put above him. And but. he wasn't just willing to be, you know, one of the best in the game. Of course, he felt like then at some point with Sosa and McGuire and what they were doing, he then needed to cheat because he saw, of course, the, the popularity and, of course, the statistics. And they weren't cheating? And, well, that's what I said. You know, he saw what they were doing, so then he's like, I, I got to be a part of the game. I got up my game, and I got to do things, of course, illegally to make it happen. Man, it was fun to watch, though. Bonds, McGuire, Sosa, that was fun to watch. I'm just saying. Uh, my number five is Ryan Braun. So not only did this guy cheat, he was tied to the biogenesis scandal and, and faced a suspension. He appealed it and won. He lied about it. And then it comes out that, oh, no, he really was connected to this. He really did cheat and faced a 65-game suspension. I would have had him higher on my list, except – He's batting like below 250 yeah. now. Like he's, when do you ever hear people talk about him anymore? Mm-hmm. But this was a guy that was the it was the most convict uh, the way he lied. It was the most convincing lie I think I'd ever saw. Like I was convinced watching him. Like oh, this guy is innocent. And then once it comes out that no, he really did cheat. It was like okay, I trust nothing and no one. Mm. It was more convincing than Rafi. Palmero being there. Yes. Congressional hearings. Bron was – Bron fooled everyone. What did we get wrong? What did we get right so far, John Tabor? I know you want to weigh in. Uh, 
I'm kind of with Blair. I don't really invest my emotion into athletes that, frankly, other than what they do on the floor, I don't care. But LeBron is a little pompous, but he's just so doggone good. Yeah, he's so good. That said, I love to hate LeBron. <laughs> no, I, I didn't say I love to hate because I enjoy watching him play. But yeah. all the social media and stuff off off the floor, eh, whatever, dude. 888-993-7762. We'll continue this conversation in the next segment. But first, Mark Sims, Sterlington's head coach, will join us as the Panthers look forward to a semifinal matchup down in Salford. The morning drive, back after this. Welcome back to the morning drive on Sports Talk 97.7. We're looking forward to another big day of high school baseball down in Salford. We've got two area squads in action today with the Delta Charter and the Sterlington Panthers. Of course, Sterlington chasing after back-to-back state championships. They did it last year in 2A. This year, they're trying to get it done in 3A. Their head coach and one of our favorites, Mark Sims, joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Coach Sims, how you doing this morning, bud? I'm doing good. How y'all doing today? Good. Do you mind if I throw you a curveball to start this uh, Thursday morning? Man, go ahead. All right, we're, uh, we did a little top ten today, uh, most despised or hated sports figures in the sports world, and we're doing our countdown and I got to uh, number five, and, of course, I had Barry Bonds on my list. And then we got a number of texts, and one of them coming from a guy named Aaron said, do you think Sosa or Bonds elevated their names more through steroids? I feel like McGuire was already a household name before he started cheating. I don't remember as much from Bonds or Sosa before they started hitting all the home runs. From a man that has watched and, of course, had played uh, professional baseball, uh, do you think Sosa or Bonds elevated their names more through steroids? I certainly do. Well, you're talking about a curveball. Bonds already. Bonds Bonds has already. Bonds has been established, too, I believe. Sosa. I mean, you got to remember this about Sammy Sosa, and I'm going to go back some years here. um, And I'm going to drop the old I, 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 me, 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 I. Uh, I played against Sosa in 1987 and 1988. And then, and all of a sudden, in 1989, uh, both him and another guy named Juan Gonzalez out of the organization uh, just blew up. Uh, so, as a matter of fact, so as a matter of fact, went from like uh, like A ball, double A straight, and got traded to the White Sox. And he was still a little guy then. Um, but that whole organization there uh, with Sosa and Gonzalez, those guys, I think, elevated their game. I mean, it was. We could all tell. We could look and tell, like, man, that's just something. Something ain't right. We were just playing against this guy last year, 170 pounds, and now he's in the big leagues with the White Sox. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Of course, you know, Mitch Thomas came to that organization at that time too. Uh, you know, Mitch, 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 and I. You know, we've, we've had that conversation about it too. Some a lot of those guys that, that played with Mitch with the Rangers, and I played against them. And, yeah, I think Sosa and probably Gonzalez were the two big ones. Mm-hmm. All right, now, I told you that would probably be the hardest question you'll have for the entire day. And now you look forward to this semifinal matchup. You have made your way down to Sulphur. First of all, uh, how was the trip, and how do you keep the kids kind of focused on the task at hand tonight? No, we had a good trip. Uh, we, you know, we, uh, we left yesterday afternoon and uh, came down, and everything, you know, everything went smooth. And, uh, you know, we took them out to eat last night. They had a good all-you-could-eat. And, uh, you know, the hard part is just sitting around today. I mean, you know, yesterday, yesterday was fun, but today, you know, you got to sit around and wait till 7.30 to do something. And, 
you know, you just you get a lot of anxious and nervous energy waiting waiting to play. But we're gonna uh, let them sleep in and you know give them a lunch and try to head over to the ballpark. You know, fairly early just to try to you know just a our normal routine after we do the pictures we'll try to get in the cages and hit but um you know it's just just a hard day of sitting around waiting you know last year we had the 10 o'clock in the morning game and people got about playing early well i'll take that 10 o'clock in the morning game every time because man i'll get up and go play i know what uh five or six of these guys were major contributors last year on that state championship squad how does that benefit you this year with the experience of what took place last year well having having those uh six Six guys back, you know, that, that played in it last year, uh, really seven when you count Baden Huff because he caught the semifinals and he didn't play in the finals. Uh, so they, they, they know what to expect. Um, they know, you know, how the field's going to play and, and just the whole atmosphere. And, and, and we got a lot of, we got a lot of returning guys that, you know, were on the team last year. And, uh, you know, we'll, they know how to handle their business. I mean, they, I think they're, they're grounded enough to know that. You know, we got to play baseball. This is a this is not going to be easy. Berwick is, uh, from all accounts, I mean, this. You know, they may be they may be better than a four seed. Uh, they swing the bat. Uh, yeah, our kids know this. Uh, you know, they they sound like us from what I've heard. Um, you know, it sounds like we're going to go out there and play uh, play Stonington. That's come with the name of Berwick is from what I've heard. What, what they what I've been told. This now shifts to a, a one-game win or go home. I know you love the, the three-game series, so does your mentality change a little bit today with how you use your staff? Uh, yeah, uh, I've already talked to, to them and, you know, told them that it's, you know, I, I don't care about Saturday. It's not, if we got to throw everybody we got 125, we'll throw them 125. Uh, you know, it's just it's what it is. It's, you know, you can... You can look at it and just say, okay, we're already in, we're already in game three, you know, so, uh, it's not going to, it's not going to change the way how we do it, but, uh, you definitely got to look at, you know, if it gets, if something starts turning bad early, you better, you better start getting, making moves. You know, Aaron, I've, I didn't go back to the high, I hate saying that, but, you know, done this a few times down these state tournaments and it's a common theme. Sometimes coaches, players, do things they don't normally do during the year and i've watched it bite a lot of people in the butt you know uh I, back in the old days no five a days you get down that tournament man and, and you'd see teams that would just try to do something that they don't normally do you know coaches trying to do do make their kids do things that they didn't do all year and you know I, that's that's what i've been trying to preach to these guys we're just gonna we're just gonna go out there and do what we do you know if we get a guy home we're gonna bunny him over I mean, it's just, you know, it's just how it just play what you've been doing all year and just try to keep your emotions in check. Can you put into words what this senior class has met? Uh, Jake has lost count, but they've won over 100 games throughout their career. A number of guys who have been four-year starters. Really a remarkable run by them. Yeah, this has been, uh, you know, last year and this year for the, for the senior class. Uh, you know, for what uh, Carson and Brooks, uh, Jarrett, uh, Tucker Allen, you know, these were multiple sport players. Uh, you know, not only on the on the baseball field, but through either powerlifting or football. You know, Taylor Martin's been the been the one guy that's been a four year baseball player. But these guys, uh, you know, for the community and the school uh, in multiple sports, uh, have what they've done for that has just been unbelievable. 
the amount of football games uh, that, that we've won, um, baseball games, uh, you know, with the, I think we won two or three powerlifting championships. I think they won through there when Tucker was part of that squad. So, uh, you know, and, and it's it's tough because you, really <laughs> you don't really want a freshman out there playing, but, you know, sometimes you just got to do what, do what, uh, do what you got to do. And uh, it's going to be tough to watch these kids leave. Uh, but, you know, what better way for these kids to, to end their career down here in this setting? Uh, Mark Sims, I got an idea for you how you can kill time today. When you're down there in Sulphur and you're at that complex, can you snoop around and try to figure out a way where you guys could have your baseball complex, the new one up in Stewarton, actually be better than that one and you guys could steal away the state championship from them? Do you think that could have ever eventually happen? Man, I, I, I we talk about this, uh, you know, all the time, just, you know, back before the split, you know, and you would you would gather one A and two A would be at ULM, and three A and four A would be somewhere, and you know the old five A where you played the quarterfinal, you had eight teams, quarterfinals, Friday, semifinal, man. I love that. That was, I mean, you know, I, I of course, I, who am I? I mean, you know, I'm just I'm just a I'm just a baseball coach. I don't have any say so in this, but I'd love to see it go back to. You know, you get better crowd. I think the crowd would be better because you know, if you can you imagine if you just had the one A and two A back at ULM or at the, at the Southern Complex, and you know, just I just think it, I just think it's better like that. Uh, and I and I get it, Aaron. Baseball fans, they want to be able to see them all. I, I get that. I understand it, but but I'm also old school. You know, we talked about this last year. I'm just some. I just I'd like to go back to where it was and. Uh, you know, when I started back in the late 90s and, and, you know, get everybody at one spot like this, it's, a good, it's good for baseball and it's good for everybody, but I'm, I'm, I'm sort of torn. I, I like it like that. Yeah, the complex would be, would be nice to pull it off and, uh, you know, we could, we could sleep right there in our own bed. Good luck tonight versus, uh, uh, you know, Berwick, the 7.30 start. I know you're very superstitious. You know, last year for the title game, I think semifinal game, you wore a mic for us on the TV side. I'm just saying. Perhaps you should do that again this year. Hey, I'll tell you, I'll tell you we ought to keep it going. We were 2-0 right. last year with a, with a mic in my pants. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I just, look, we just go ahead and put that mic on me. And when we start, I'll just patch in the live feed right there and – yeah, I'll just I'll let I'll let the whole Monroe community know what I'm thinking, you know, like right. yeah, hey, first and second right here. Everybody in the world thinks I'm on bunt, but I'm gonna trick the world right here. Watch this. You know, no. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, that's a deal just that's a deal, Mark. Just never use that line again, a mic in my pants. It, it doesn't play well. <laughs> uh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got I to have a checklist of what I can and yeah. can't say. Though, so. <laughs> Thank you, bud. Good luck tonight. Right. Yes, sir. Thank y'all. Oh, man. Is that a mic in your pants or you just happy to see it? 888-993-7762. Hold on. Mark Sims is a gym. Love that guy. Um, I want to ask you this real quick. In the early 2000s, was it still like that where they had it in different locations? yeah. yeah. That sounds like a nightmare to cover. Oh, it was horrible for the media. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was terrible. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, Sulphur has – Sulphur, you got to be pretty dang good to, to steal away from Sulphur. They they know what they're doing down there. That is true. But as uh, Coach Parker pointed out yesterday, now Sterlington has more high school baseball true. fields than Sulphur that does. That is true. 
And, of course, Rustin and everything that they're doing over there with their new complex. I'm just saying. Uh, dude, I would love that. I mean, I would absolutely love it if Sterlinson got it. But, uh, yeah, keep an eye on it. Yeah, it changed in 2013. That's when they really that that recent. That's when they all went back together. Gotcha. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. We got to finish up our top ten most despised, hated sports figures coming up after the break. That'll be part of our parting shots. You know, five uh, A was the last one to uh, do that, where they moved and joined them all together. Where they were at, they were down at Zephyr uh, Field, Zephyr Park for a while there by themselves. Mm. Yeah, it was logistically for media, it was dreadful. I mean, you would but need for crowds, they actually three. had pretty good. I and mean, we were discussing during the break. Uh, you know, I don't know how many baseball fans stick around once their team plays, wins or loses, that they stick around and watch any of the other games. But you know, you hear stories about how when football in 2011, mm-hmm. when it was OCS, Neville, yeah. West Monroe, back to back to back, a lot of fans stayed, went the whole day, made a whole day out of yeah. it, watched all the teams. Mm-hmm. The stars got aligned just right too. I mean. The times, of course, that, uh, that there would be state championships in baseball over at Louisiana Tech or ULM. And ULM got lucky a couple of years. I mean, their fortune just because OCS and, and Sterlington yeah. were so good. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Mangum, uh, they won a state championship there at ULM one year. Oak Grove, of course, was competing several times. So, mm. Yeah. It's it's interesting. I You know, I, I didn't have to deal with that back then, so I don't know. I mean, logistically, it sounds like a nightmare, but I'm sure it did draw some big-time crowds. Uh, what I was trying to get at just now, now software is going to have a little competition throughout this state with mm-hmm. bids trying to, uh, you know, get this away, the softball and baseball state. Is that so. next year or the end of this year? That's a good question. We'll look at that. I think it's one of those two. All right, uh, let's get back to our most despised, uh, hated sports figures. We kind of wrap this thing up. I had uh, Lance Armstrong at number 10, Dan Snyder at 9, Terrell Owens at 8, Jay Cutler at 7, at 6, The Fraud, Alex Rodriguez at number 5. I had Barry Bonds. Your top 10 so far, Drake? I had LeBron James at 10, Cam Newton at 9, Dan Snyder at 8, Calipari at 7, Mark Emmert at 6, Ryan Braun at 5. All right, at number 4. I had James Dolan. Um, the reason why I have him is because, you know, there, there's been the stories of the the bad contracts, the confusing coaching hires, the accus- accusations of firing an employee out of spite um, for the sexual harassment complaints, and then you get that recent confrontation with Charles Oakley, mm. and that was a huge story. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if we were in New York, he would be number one. <laughs> but uh, – I think he deserves to be in top five just because of how much people hate this guy. Uh, I hate the fact that I give him so much credit to LeVar Ball and what he has done. I put him at number four and, of course, burst onto the scene wow. in the last uh, year and a you year. You know what? Half. I did not even think about LeVar Ball. Yeah. That is my bad. He is deserving of being in oh. the top ten. Oh. Yeah, I, I erased him from my memory, I guess. I just... <laughs> Most of us wish we could do that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, LeVar Ball should should have made my list for sure. All right, at number three. Number three, I got Floyd Mayweather. This is my one cheat because you could argue that he's not current because he's retired boxer, but you still hear the rumblings that he wants to fight in the UFC. So for that reason, I found a way to include him in my current list. Uh, but I, I find his shtick entertaining, though. No. I don't find it entertaining. Okay, here's the deal. This is why he, he's hateable. He, he gets away with robbery every time. He sets you up. He he, uh, he gets you to. Well, maybe you just don't appreciate his, his fighting style. No, who does? 
Uh, there's skill in, in, there's in missing punches. There's absolutely skill in it. Yeah. There's also skill in MMA when a guy takes a guy down and holds him down, oh, too. Right. That doesn't mean I have to like that style. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, that's just inside the ring, though. You go outside the ring, he's been charged with battery and yeah. domestic violence. And, dude... I can go back to a video I saw one time. It was just somebody was just recording him. He parked in a handicapped space and was walking inside with a limp because he had too much money in his back pocket. It's stuff like that that, come on. Hmm. Like, if you don't hate this guy, I mean, he's one of the most hateable athletes I think we've ever had. And you don't like him bragging about his uh, betting exploits and, of course, him coming up a, a huge win because then you know uh, he, he's showing you the bets that he wins, but then, of course, the ones that he does not. He's not bragging. I, I don't care about that. I'm just saying to put it on top. The Sh- cherry on sure. The top. I mean, it's just, I guess some people wouldn't like that. But for me, it's it's all it's the it's the, the run ins with the law. Yeah. And it's the the promise that, hey, this is going to be a big time fight. And then you tune in and it's like, this was so Major boring. Letdown. This was so boring. Why did I waste my money? And he, he gets the money every time because people hate him and they want to see him lose. We talked about it extensively uh, early on, and I know you had him at uh, Cam Newton. What number did you have him at? Nine. Nine. I put him at number three. That's too high. Yeah. That's too high. For all time? Uh, Richie, it's factually accurate that Floyd is more likely to throw a punch at a woman and run from a man. Ooh. Wow. Coming strong there. Uh, I like it, Richie. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two as our list continues. Um, so you had Cam at three. Yes, I I just disagree with that. I think he's, yeah, he seems like a baby, you know, and and I've already talked about why he made my list. But uh, who did you have at four and five? Uh, Lavar Ball at four and oh, at number on. five, Barry Bonds. I, I I put Cam below those guys. I just uh, this is your list, but mm-hmm. I just don't think Cam is. Top three all time. I'm sorry. And the top two most despised hated sports figures. I have Skip Bettis at two. <laughs> um, you know, he is the pioneer of this hot take mm-hmm. journalism. You, there was your dramatic pause. <laughs> there was, there your, was your dramatic pause. That was for different reasons. You were trying to censor yourself I right was. there. I was. I caught it. Yes. I was. You can see why I don't like him. Uh, he's made a living of... Hating on LeBron. I will make the argument that him and Screaminate, they have sold their souls to do what they do. They have more to make so, arguments. More so Skip than Stephen A. Stephen A isn't on my list because Skip was the first guy to really do it. All right. At some point in their careers, Skip and Stephen A were journalists, correct? Yes. And then, you know, Stephen jumped on board with Skip Bayless. Mm-hmm. But Bayless was the first one who – Made a living out of hating on LeBron yeah. and bragging about Tim Tebow yes. to the point to where a lot of people started hating Tim Tebow because of him, <laughs> which was crazy. It was it was uh, it was like you know guilt by association. It was awful. But I just feel like sometimes I don't even know how they sleep at night collecting those paychecks and then doing the takes and some of the things that they say, and they they don't even agree with what they're saying that's at what, the that's time. The they're just. Putting it out there because they know it's clickbait, and of course it can get a rise out of certain people. Yes, it, and that's why I don't watch either one of them. But you know, Skip Bayless would say just about anything to be relevant, and he's he's made a living of you know 
like you said, firing people up and tune, it gets those ratings because he'll say anything. This is the thing that bothers me the most about both of these guys. They're literally con men that are stealing money from journalists. There's your hot take. Yeah. Because they are literally, I mean, when you're talking about six, six and a half million dollars a year and then the cutbacks that, uh, you know, ESPN and others are making. Well, heck, all you got to do is look at the fact that you're paying these smucks, these mm-hmm. smos, this kind of cash. And what are they actually bringing to the table? And now you look at the ratings and, of course, what they're not drawing. But some, you know, and ESPN continues to reward Screaming 8. I mean, all you got to look at the fact that now he's going to be part of their pregame show. He's not going to be the the analyst. He's literally going to be the host leading in to the NBA See, I don't get upset about it anymore. I just don't watch it. I got upset about it for a while, but then I was just like, I don't have to watch this. I'm not going to watch that. And the other thing, and of course, I'm getting off here, and this is a little bit of a party shot. They, they have literally now, and this is what's the problem, and of course, once I have, I have openings in our department occasionally, and it really sets the tone now for what college graduates think about sports broadcasting and journalism in this world. Yeah, It's all about, hey, i got to have this hot take, and it's got to be about me instead of the story. Yeah, and that's what I hate the most. Yeah. You're right. You're, you're 100%. I can't agree with you more. Yeah. But, but you're doing the best way to combat it by just not watching. Yeah. And I, I do the same thing. It doesn't affect my life. I'm going to get on the treadmill here in 10 minutes, and i got limited and options. And watch Discovery And channel. there's going to be 10 channels that I can pick up, pick up on this treadmill. And one of them, of course, first take will be on. And I will not hesitate. I will sail right through it. And I will be watching the History Channel or the Discovery Channel or perhaps Regis. It's not even called Regis anymore. But I would pick that. Kelly and whoever over Michael, first take. Uh, she's not with Strahan anymore, yeah, huh? Yeah, no. Whatever she's doing yeah. now. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're big into that. Yes. My number one is Roger Goodell. Ooh. Yeah, I think just from Bounty Gate to Ray Rice to Deflate Gate, he's had some inconsistent rulings and has taken the brunt of the NFL pushback that's happened recently. You know, those three things that I just mentioned were enough to, to include him in the top five for me. But the stu- He's but just doing what the owners want, though. I get it. I This isn't my – This is I don't hate him. I'm saying this is people, people love to hate the most. Mm-hmm. And I think Roger Goodell is number one because he – you think about the Cap stuff, the Kaepernick stuff, he's taking the brunt of that. Um, you think about um, – I mean, again, it's like Emmert. He's the face of that league, mm-hmm. so he's going to be the one you think about when you think NFL and all the missteps that they've taken. You think about Roger Goodell, and he, you point the finger at him. And so with all the negativity that surrounded the NFL recently, I think it, he's worthy of being number one on this list. And I think if you if you doubt that, just watch an NFL draft, watch the Dallas Cowboys boo him, watch the Philadelphia Eagles boo It doesn't matter where they go. They're going to boo Roger Goodell because NFL fans are pretty much in agreement that he is awful. We're hypocrites. Negativity sales next week. Uh, let's uh, go positive. All right. Let's get, just, let's get a top ten that is positive. What they want. They voted for this. <laughs> we could have did top ten best LeBron James moments. <laughs> there you go. But that was not voted upon because nobody likes LeBron. <laughs> Just respect his game. Which is why he made the list. Full circle. <laughs> uh, what we got going on tomorrow on a Friday? Uh, well, we're going to have to preview some state championship uh, tournament games. Okay. 
Uh, that's about it, isn't it? Yeah, uh, we'll we'll find something, uh, a <laughs> thing or so. two. <laughs> Great tease there, Jake. You were tuning in tomorrow <laughs> to see what the heck we're talking about. Uh, the guys coming up at next, uh, the edge. They got things lined up, and I'm sure they'll be positive for the entire 60 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear Puff laughing. <laughs> positive puppy. <laughs> positive puppy. That's it. Everybody have a great day. We'll yell at you bright and early tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.